Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the great opportunity to have conversations with just amazing humans. Today, I'm so happy to introduce Wendy to this conversation. Welcome, Wendy. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're more than welcome. So as I will always do, I just do a very brief introduction as to how I know Wendy, and then I'll ask you to do your your proper introduction, your professional one, so people know who you are and what you do. Um, so Wendy and I, we've met again, as, as many of these conversations actually are flowing in, through social media, through LinkedIn, through a community of just being sort of all about helping support the conversations around well-being, mental health, and so on. Uh, the thing that I've really found fascinating is Wendy is such a positive person she comes across very positively and and it's infectious and it's really great and I love it because I think we need more of our Wendy's in the world to be sharing this sort of content and the, and the, the power of positivity is such an important part oh. so I'm not going to say too much else because I want you to do your introduction but welcome introduce yourself please oh well thank you thank you very much you can be my warm-up man again <laughs> thank you well nobody's ever asked me that. That. <laughs> that that's so that's so amazing so yes, I'm Wendy Ganaway. I'm Director and also Chief Performance Officer of Genius Learning. And I run that with one of my very best friends, Caroline Esterson. And Genius Learning, what we specialize in is helping people really unleash that inner genius, that inner star quality that's inside them. And when they do that, they find that they really do shine. So we can do that through uh, programs for leaders, through programs for teens and it, it's really really lovely and I guess like over COVID where we've been majoring on live learning events and we've got some super super clients all over the world and yep. not, that, not that we travel all over all over the world to do yeah. that truly to Europe but yeah. when, it, when it's the ones that go come from the, like the, the really kind of sexy countries right over there because I love to travel they seem to bring them over here so, so I think oh, I can't go over there yeah and um so we what we've been doing is transferring that and doing that live so um live into virtual so yeah. we're now doing live virtual events and um videos uh, and uh, yes it's a whole new world and of course we've had to adapt and um, it's quite an exciting world so that's where we are at the moment Brilliant. And I can always already feel your positive energy sort of flowing through. So um, it's great to have you. Thanks for joining this conversation. And it's just nice again to rather than just being sort of communicating through text and messages to, to actually chat. And that's so important, I think. And I know this is actually the first time we've actually spoken to each other. Yeah. yeah. Like Bizarre, isn't it? And we've, we've already built a nice connection together. So oh, no, nice. so your or the big question is always your journey with mental health. Now you define what that looks like. You tell us what you want to tell us. I know you've you've been thinking about this, but you know, over to you. Tell us a bit about your story. Okay. Well, first first of all, I'll, mental health, physical health, you put that in together as health. My journey with that probably started right way back from when I was a kid. And up until recently, it was like health. That's only something that happens to you when you're not healthy. So when you're sick, so when you're physically sick or if you've got a condition or if you've had an accident, that's physical health. It's only when you're not healthy. So I'm like the kind of person if if I got if I got sick, even if my head was falling off, I'd blue tack it back on myself rather than go to the doctor see I've even got the blue tap there just oh, right. falls off right now um mental health again that 
for me until recently was something that 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 happens to other people that doesn't happen to that doesn't happen to me because that happens if you're you're not well and with with all like the different conditions there so I guess I probably wasn't conscious about my own mental health probably until about 2017 and um, so what happened in 2017 uh, was I just got stuck so Matt you said some really kind things about this positive energy coming through and uh, I am a happy person I'm a really positive person there you go there's there's me me jug of water Your hydration almost, almost yeah. full it's almost full so so i'm like i'm like that um and in 2017 there were some events that happened to me prior to that a couple of years prior to that and it was almost like a delay mm. in 2017 i hit kind of a space in my life that i was just very very stuck and completely went on a go slow physically and also mentally, like I couldn't think. So let, let me just take you back to the events that kind of led to yep. that. And um, partly when um, Matt asked me to be part of this podcast, my first thing was like, a, oh my God, you know, podcasting, I've never done that before. And I, oh, am I gonna be any, any good enough for that? So this is gonna give you a clue about what's going on. And I've had a quite a real hectic couple of weeks delivering. And last night I'm thinking I better go over Matt's other podcasts and listen to those. Gosh, you know, the, these lives, these lives and what these people have done, you know, I, I'm not in that league you know, I, I can't share that. So I, I spent late last night and then my mind's whirring throughout the night. So I haven't really had a lot of sleep. Uh, just drawing it all out thinking, God, you know, my God, you know, I've got to be good. I've got to be good. Where does this all come from? So I think it comes back. It as as a child, I was always happy. I was a happy and I was a contented, contented baby. My mum always said that, you know, I I slept from the word go, slept through the night from the word go. I was no trouble at all. I was happy and I smiled a lot. And um, uh, from a from a, a, a young age, I was always playing shows so <laughs> I was, was fascinated by the tv and shows and London night the London Palladium giving my age away and I was watching all of that and I'd play shows used to have my own little microphone oh. and do that and dress up in curtains and I went to acting school when I was a uh, when I was very very young and it was an um, acting school run by Anna Scher and we used to go over to my nan's at the weekends and um, Anna Scher's drama school used to be on Highbury Fields so I used to go along there and uh, Pauline Quirk, Linda Robson, they were in that. I mean, we're, we were all kids. They're a little bit older than me and some others that went on to be in EastEnders, as I now know now. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I was always, you know, being on being on stage, really, in that in that sense. And I, I don't have brothers and sisters. So until I started school, I didn't really mix with other kids I come from East London and probably say you know quite poor part of East London uh, so I was all in I was in adult company until then and so 
So when I'd like started school, so I mixed in with, with other kids, being fiercely independent, I gave my, my first phrase apparently was I do it myself. So fiercely independent, Wendy, and, and on stage. So I've probably got this learn to act going on within yeah. me. And that started forming part of my DNA. So was happy through things, started picking up dancing, doing, doing dancing, picking up. Uh, playing an instrument because it got me out of doing PE. I didn't like PE, so oh, nice. I played the violin and actually yep. went on to study that. Okay. Uh, it wasn't until secondary school, when I went to secondary school, or big school, we call it. So I went to an all-girls school in East London, went to Sarah Bennell School in Stratford. And the first two years of that, I, I kind of blocked out my mind because whether you call it then you called it being picked on. You didn't really call it bullying. But it was probably the most uncomfortable time learning that I've ever, ever felt that. And um, it everything that could be picked on was picked on. And I can just remember girls crowding around me before lessons. I was doing, I used to do well at school. I did very well at, at school. I just wanted to get on and do well and just be nice and be happy. But it was always like, oh, you've got those marks. Oh, you've got those. Oh, you, you haven't got brothers and sisters, so you must be spoiled. You're posh, that kind of thing. So you're hearing me speak now, you know, yeah. posh, I don't think so. Uh, so. So what I learned to do was play down my achievements I used to lie about stuff so they say so what marks did you get Wendy I bet you got an A and I go no 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 I didn't no 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 I got I got, got C and they found some of my reports my school reports one time was they said you said you've got a C you said you've got a B we've looked we've got this envelope there and they sh- you said you got those you lied you, you oh. lied so it, and it was all about that so I think and this is only thanks to you asking me to talk about my mental health okay. journey I think that the, this whole what I now know is imposter syndrome comes from pushing down my achievements. So how did I get around that? How did I get around all of that? Uh, I, I mean, I used to be scared to go to school. Uh, and my mum is just amazing. So I learned so much from my mum. And my mum used to be a Samaritan as well. Right. So my mum said, my mum my helped me kind of, put on an act she said well I can go down the school and I'll complain to the teachers but I didn't want that because I do it myself <clears> so <throat> we worked on how I would act like I wasn't scared what that would look like so we worked on that and we also worked on humor laughing right so what I started to learn to do was make people laugh before they could laugh at me so humour became part of it. So acting humour, that all became part of my journey. Now, one thing as a trainer and, and also when, you, when you're doing stuff like acting, music, dancing, that's a very critical world to be in. So the devil's always in the detail. So it's never a case of like, oh, that was a really great performance. It's always a great performance. And in order to do better, you've got to do this or that wasn't right. So the did devil was in the detail there so you've got this kind of parallel going on with with that one of the things that we're used to as trainers is feedback 
Now, feedback is a bit of a trigger for me because one of the things that happened to me when I was at school, I remember this as clearly as anything in a geography class, uh, a bit of a placid teacher, a class running riot. And these rough notebooks that everybody had, we were all sitting at these desks, one of these rough notebooks was getting passed around and then it landed on my desk. And somebody had written, had drawn out this whole table and said, feedback for Wendy. Is Wendy ugly? Very ugly, extremely ugly. Is Wendy selfish? Yes, very selfish. All of these things, yeah. is Wendy snob, all of those things. <clears throat> and there was all these ticks. So to this day, when anybody says like, oh, you know, yeah, I'd like to discuss some feedback with you. I'm kind of, I've never kind of like worked with that, but I kind of like know there's a trigger there. So that's kind, that's kind of where that all went to. I went on to um, performing arts college and studied music uh, as a violinist. The next big milestone. So thinking I work really, really hard. I always work really, really hard. Uh, never failed anything until my second year at college. Now, I, I'd learned up till then that never trust my own opinion. I was always validated externally. So when you have like examiners examining you yep. for music exams, for dancing exams, you take notice of, of that because it's what they say. The one time I actually thought I did well, that was the time I failed. And another trigger there was, and this is another thing that, that happened, the day I found out and I went up to see the notice board, my one of my tutors at the time said, ah, oh, Wendy, can I just have a word with you for a moment? Or it might have been, can I just have a chat? It was, can I, whatever. Yeah. Just wanted to say, um, yes, with the results on there, you actually failed. And um, shall we talk about it later? Um, just come and see me later about it. And it was like, it's out of body experience. Yeah. So, there, so that, there, that's kind of like a big milestone going on going on yeah. there. So I think what what's what's happened there is it's this fear of failure that I have is probably out there where I think a lot of people's fear of failure is around here mine is like out there but my coping strategies are act through it and humor so yeah. that kind of carried me on it carried me on through through work through starting my first business through joining together with uh, a colleague four years ago on forming genius learning then um Throughout all of this, my stable point, my, my whole stability was my mum and dad. And my mum had always said, you know, whatever happens, we've always got each other. Yeah. And I'm getting choked again and I don't do this. I don't do this. Don't worry. And it wasn't, I think, until 20, no, 2006, that this thought that they wouldn't be there you know, came into my head because I always thought they'll always be there, they will yep. always be forever, what happens, we'll always be together. 2006, my dad got diagnosed with prostate cancer. So prior to then, we're all healthy. Health yep. health happens to someone else. So prior to then, we're all healthy. So it's like, oh. yeah. And seeing my mum try and act through this 
and seeing my mum cry for the first time in 2006 uh, kind of scared living daylights out of me so anyway so go through go through that kind of like we work with that and learn a lot about prostate cancer and what happens when it happens to men of a certain age later in life um it didn't kill my dad then um but what it did i think it started killing my mum inside right uh, because my mum pushes things down like I learned to do was just like push things down. I probably modelled that from my mum. And what I saw happening for my mum was this, there, there was something about her that was just different. It was almost like this anxiety coming out. So this very strong lady, she's still a very strong lady, but when you sense something, when you're really in tune with somebody. And probably in about, in... 2015 my mum started getting really ill but and I knew that there was something right and I said mum you're right because my mum being this she's quite tall and quite cuddly yeah just become thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and she was going no of course I'm all right of course I'm all right don't keep going on don't keep going on of course I'm right of course I'm all right and yeah. this public face so anyway, shoot through to the end of 2015. What was like, we kept, she kept saying, oh, flu, I've just got food poisoning, kept getting these bouts of actually sepsis. Right, right. And my mum nearly died. And <clears throat> I, acting, humour, out-of-body experience, I kind of coped, kind of coped. Mum's life was saved, comes back. But then there's all like health scares after that. My dad got diagnosed with bladder cancer and that was going to be really aggressive. And I think what happened was forward that to 2017, a lot of that stuff where I'd acted my, you know, my coping strategies, my humour in 2017, I think it just all started to spill out. And my business partner said to me one time, I'm concerned about you. And nobody ever said that to me. I'm concerned about you because I was always a strong one. I learned yeah. to be the strong one. And I was always one that's helping other people. Never reached out because don't do it all yourself. I do it myself. And she said, I'm concerned about you. And just started playing back to what she was noticing. And when I said to my husband, my husband said, she's right. She said, and you're quite angry. I'm not an angry person. Right. Yeah. So for the first time in 2017, I did reach out. And it was the first time I actually said, and it's a good job I've got some some good friends that I that are qualified. I just said yeah. help, and that was that was quite that was really quite a journey. So I think I learned a lot about what happens when events over the years, if you don't talk about them, they can just stay stuck and suppressed. And now I now I get them. I absolutely get it. I get what depression is. I get what anxiety is. I get where it's all coming from. I've got some coping mechanisms. I probably wouldn't say I'm there yet because I think life's a continuous journey. Um, and that this thing about like it's okay not to be okay. Uh, I'm probably I'm probably still working on that one because I'm still the strong one. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I I think what what I've learned is that mental health is something. It's it's something that's there for all of us. It's part of health. 
And I think it's a bit like a garden. And if you saw my garden, you'd understand what I mean. That uh, if you try and put turf on a load of weeds and on a load of rubble, it's not going to grow. What you need is to get those weeds out properly, probably get some help with rotivating the lawn so you get some good quality soil. Then you can plant it and it, it will grow. But keep pulling those weeds out. And the equivalent for me is talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I learned to talk for the first time in 2017. I'm glad you did. And, and, it, and it sounds like you, you know, what, a, what a, an incredible story. I, I thank you so much for sharing that. And I know you put a lot of thought into, into the way you wanted it to come out. And, and, and when you showed your pages, the beautiful thing is when people are listening on the podcast, they have no idea what you did. Um, and when you showed your microphone, nobody noticed that you'd showed a microphone if they're listening, but they, <laughs> they were all visual prompts for everybody. So just in case anybody is listening, yeah, you know, there's loads of visual prompts that go on in these podcast recordings that we don't talk about. Uh, but thank you for sharing that. I really genuinely do mean that. And what you've done is you've, you've shown your true life you know you've shown the reality of what you've been through and the experiences that we've been through which is exactly what this is about this is about your journey with mental health doesn't necessarily have to be all bad it can also be good in those celebratory moments when people recover or when things change or when moments of you know impact are positive but you have exposed a lot of those things and and i think for me what I think is beautiful is when you can take the mask off and say, you know what, this is me. This is the real me. This is the, the stuff that I've carried for years, the burden, the worries, the concerns, the things that I've suppressed for a long time. And then just saying in 2017, that's it. I've got to change that. Mm. I, I think that's fantastic. I really do. And thank you for sharing that. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting one because when I first said, yeah, help me mm. and, um, and, some very very good friends did they did do did do that trick uh well it's it's, it's not a trick it's it's listening and <laughs> just just listening and helping me unpick things helping me unpick things so my my dad died suddenly yeah. um in 2019 22nd of april 2019 and it was apparently a massive heart attack and he was just like gone just like that so that was ooh, so again, I went into this out of body experience. It was all very, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm the person I do eulogies at funerals and, yeah. and I make people smile and I managed to do that yeah. in my dad's one. But I think the the immediate effect after, after that, when it did kind of dawn on me that he's emigrated to heaven, as yeah. I picked that up from one of my friends, yeah. I, on a couple of the days when it did hit me, I did find, I found the Samaritans. Okay. And I, and I cried down the phone to the Samaritans. And then I thought, oh, I feel all right now. I'm done. And then another couple of days later, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm fine. I can go back to work. And then I couldn't go back to work. And I got in frustrated with myself. So I thought, well, I'll go out for a run. That helps. And then, yeah, that helped. And then it, it didn't. And then I'm thinking, come on, I've got to get around this. So I phoned up. I found a cruise bereavement. And uh, basically I said, this is what's happened. My dad died suddenly so many weeks ago. I've got this coming up, that coming up. I know what I know what you've got to do. Fix me. You've got to have some right. accelerated grieving program or something <laughs> like that. So, you know, fix me in the game. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. No. So I so right. although I knew that so though I knew some things from 2017, I kind of wanted to accelerate that during mm. 2019. And I know it doesn't work like that. Mm. And again, I think it's just like letting things process, 
and talk and just acknowledging when where you are and being with it and letting yeah. yourself out the other side talking it's talking isn't it yeah, the tr I, I love the way you said the trick is about listening, <laughs> um, it, because everybody's got this skill and we have this wonderful ability. And, you know, for anybody that is listening to this podcast, you will be hearing lots of really positive thoughts and things that, you know, we can we can share, we can talk about. And I, I remember just very quickly sort of on my side when my auntie passed a couple of years ago, having a uh, and I was just about to go on stage and do a keynote presentation for a conference. And and it was that sort of oh my gosh, how do I quickly repair myself to, or not repair, but prepare myself to go on stage and talk. And I was talking about well-being and mental health and things like that. So it was just the perfect conversation. And the first thing I said at the beginning of my set was, I'm going to tell you something at the end, but I'm not going to tell you yet. And I, and I told everybody in the audience what had happened that morning at the end. And the reason I left it to the end was because I was so conscious that I'd already broken down about three times before I'd even got on stage because I was so upset, it was so sudden yet I still sort of wanted people to know. And I wasn't doing it for show or for, you know, for anything other than just to recognize that life is, you know, we, we think we've got it covered. We think we're on track. We think things are going well. And all of a sudden we have a sudden impact and it throws us totally off kilter, doesn't it? And, and, it's, and it's listening. You're, you're absolutely right. It throws us off kilter. I think what I've learned to do is just acknowledge it. And if I can't, if, it, if it's something that is that I'm struggling with, I've started to, to tell myself, so what is this teaching me? Right. And sometimes I might kind of figure it out like that. If I can't, I'll just let my unconscious mind work it out and it will work it out. Mm. Uh, there's so much that I've learned. And when you said about listening, you know, I've called it a trick. You said we've all got this ability yeah. to listen. What you don't know is before Matt and I went on air and Matt was engaging with me talking and uh, and I was making fun of myself preparing for this going, and he's going, right, you ready? I'm going, oh, he said, are you nervous? And I'm going, no, no, no. Thinking, you know, I bet, I bet I've been yeah. speaking on stage since I was five years old, even right till now, I, I still do. And he listened to what I wasn't saying and then he said do you have imposter syndrome but he, I mean he said it much more kindly than that he said <laughs> he said it's very blunt yeah. he didn't say did you have imposter syndrome yeah, you you have imposter no. syndrome. he said it in such a really kind kind way that I did, did what I just don't do I just whirled up and cried yeah. a little bit. And that was... it, this is it it's listen to what's not being said really tuning in and, and that's what he did and I, and I think if there's anything that can come out of this weird setup that we're all in at the moment COVID has been become much more aware of what's not being said how people are the strong ones the people that are have to be or whether it's in their job title or whether it's in their role in their family they feel that they've got to be the strong one to, to support just notice what's going on yeah. because they're human as well and yeah. mental health it's all part of the same thing well thank you yeah thank you for sharing that and I think it was an interesting moment and you know what sometimes I say things and I get it wrong and and that's not to say I'm, I'm perfect at reading everybody in the way that they're reacting and the way that they're talking or, or not talking and we all we all make mistakes in some of those assessments and 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 what I want to be really clear is that you know you you could have 
again, you could have acted and said, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, it's absolutely fine. And But what you did was the best thing, which was you reacted and said, yes, you know what I do. And that was the that was all we needed to really do, wasn't it? It was just so then you can understand. And this is this is one of the biggest challenges with mental health is we think we know what the person's thinking. And that's just not good enough because how can we? We're not we don't have this ability to be, you know, telepathic. So. Well, some people think they do, but but we don't know, do we? We we make massive assumptions. We think we see what we, you know, what we see, we think we hear as being the reality of people. Smiling means happy, sad means, you know, upset. Um, or sorry, um, you know, frowning or, or crying means upset. That's what I meant, sorry. And it's so important. I, you know what, I, I could continue talking to you all day long, Wendy. Um, unfortunately, we, we are coming towards the end of this session as well. So like, like, oh my God, it's not a therapy session. I say that like, it's like, you know, and, uh, and next week on this wonderful uh, event. But, but the, you know, this is, this is real. And, and I genuinely just want to say a huge thank you for you being honest and genuine and authentic and all those wonderful things. I keep promoting to people to say that don't feel that you can't talk about this stuff. It's got to be spoken, you know, when we don't speak it, we we carry it, and and that's dangerous. So I'm going to pass you the floor for the last words, thoughts. Shamelessly plug your business if you want. I know you've got a book as well, so shamelessly plug that if that's something that you want to. You've got another book coming. There's a million things we could have talked about, and we talked about your story for the whole thing, which I love, by the way. Thank you. Throw Thank it over to you. So, um, yes, during lockdown my business partner and I decided to take the courageous decision to furlough ourselves. We're in a fortunate position that we were able to do that. And that gave us the gift of time and space to, to really think about what we wanted to do um, and just kind of be with it because we could have done what, you know, I'm, I've normally done when um, traumas happens just like throw myself into stuff we could have thrown ourselves into yeah. it well now just like be for a moment so we decided that we would do what we wanted to do for a long time and that's write a book so we we collaborated first of all with about 50 other authors and a friend of mine curated that and that book ready to rise came out in may and that's all proceeds from that go to World Health Organization and NHS charities together. Then Caroline, my, who's my business partner, my work wife as I call her, yeah. and I decided that we that we would write our, our own book. And before we did that, we suddenly thought, oh, we've got this that we could get printed. So we've got your genius ideas book, a dose of commercial creativity for busy LD, that's learning and development professionals. Actually loads of professionals can benefit yep. from because anybody could be learning so that is is out on amazon and that's a lovely treasure trove and coming out in twin in um in, in march end of march yeah march this year i'm gonna say 2021 but we're in 2021 yeah, we are yeah we'll, we'll be unlocking everyday genius so that's some original material about how everyday genius shows up because we've all got this inner star quality and if you unlock it and you shine it it can show up in all different ways so that's where that's where we are and outside of that we run some you know some lovely programs to help people make the best of themselves and to to really shine through so i'm happy to happy to help anybody who wants to be helped oh. 
thank you and, th and thanks for sharing that and um and i'll drop some links to you in the uh the media that comes out with this as well so brilliant stuff thank you so much wendy for your time this morning going into this afternoon now um as i always do to close i just want to say if anybody is struggling if you if you resonate with any of the story that Wendy's told, if you have some worries or concerns yourself, if you are worried about others, know that there is always somebody that you can talk to. I think that's such an important part of this. This is about talking about mental health and the journey. I hope part of it is something that you might recognize or, or need some help or support with if you do. You can call co or contact Samaritans 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number is 116123. Please know there is always somebody there who will listen and who will, you know, just be there to, to so, so you can offload your worries and your concerns. So we're done. Thank you so much, Wendy, for your time today. I do appreciate it. It's been lovely to talk with you and chat with you and all those wonderful things. So you stay safe and look after yourself. Thank you. Bye bye.